from Gate 7 or from Championship number 6. Jordan, open. Chicago with the lead. Remaining. And they're putting Curry in the pick and roll, trying to get him on Irving. Irving and Curry, one-on-one, -on -one. Irving puts it up, it's good, Kyrie Irving from downtown! We're sending it in, Jerome, that's for damn sure. Yes, 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 what is up, everybody? Welcome to Taproom Sports Podcast, I am your host, Jordan Stacks, on Stacks, on Stacks, lads. Joined, as always, with my guy, Mr. Aaron King, and we have a very special guest joined with us tonight. We got Chris Thurston, a.k.a. CT Betts. You can find him on Twitter, at CTBets16. He's from the Hustle Hustle Show pod on Wager Talk. You could catch him every Wednesday on Wager Talk's YouTube. That's at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Wednesday. Good show, by the way. Rotating guests, but BP and uh, Trigger are always on there. They've been guests on our show as well. So definitely tap in with that. How you fellas doing tonight? Hey, Jordan, I'm doing great, man. I'm very uh, honored to have our buddy CT on tonight to break down the Big 12 with us. I am fucking tired of betting baseball. I'm ready to break on football, so bring it on. <laughs> love it, love it. So, CT, tell us a little about yourself. I just learned something new before that you are a co-owner of Viva Seltzer. I had no idea. I've seen it, you know, sponsored by – or you guys sponsor Wager Talk and – I see it everywhere, and now, now I, I'm kind of correlating it all together. So tell us a little about yourself. Tell, tell the folks about you. Yeah, excited to be here uh, with you guys. Thanks for having me. And kind of like AK said, I am uh, ready for football season. I am done uh, with this baseball nonsense, and luckily the 4th of July is behind us. That means we're one step closer to uh, football season. Uh, so yeah, as you said, Jordan, I've been uh, with Wager Talk for about three years now. Um, good friends with Kelly Stewart, Kelly in Vegas. Uh, became friends with her about six, seven years ago uh, out in Vegas, signing up for the contest. And then we just became very close uh, after that and was able to um, kind of develop a good relationship. And we decided to start um, the Hustle Show Pod Um three summers ago when she was up at uh, my house visiting for the 4th of July, go figure with, uh, with Treg, Drew Martin, Betts, uh, Ariel and a few others. And we decided let's do a, a show together, you know, four good friends and having a good time and kind of mix in a little uh, gambling and laughter at the same time. So we're coming up on our third season, um, which is rolling kind of rolling right now. It's, it's uh, like you said, we got a couple fill-ins here and there, but the main, uh, the core four is Kelly drew trig and myself. And uh, you could expect to see all four of us going forward uh, late August, all through March Madness. So we've been doing that for, for a while. I've been on sports map radio, do a gambling show on sports map radio for the last few years. That's on Tuesday nights, uh, eight Eastern. You could find me there. And then do a lot of local stuff here in Boston with 98.5, the sports hub as well. So been handicapping um, games since I was probably 13, 14 years old. Didn't really figure out what I was doing until uh, I always like to say you need to go broke at least three, four times in your life to actually figure it out. And that didn't happen until I was about, uh, you know, 
28 years old when I finally realized uh, somewhat of what I'm doing. And, you know, you, you don't really, uh, I like to say, we still don't know exactly everything that we're doing right now, but we're figuring it out along the way here, guys. Nice. Hey, you guys seen that uh, that guy on Twitter, Anon Betting, who apparently went 80-0 and on baseball bets this year? I have not, no. He had I've a, seen a little bit of chatter about a Jordan, but, uh, you know. <laughs> Hey, he, he basically blocked it everyone, I don't, too. So more power to him. Uh, it's documented and everything? No, nah, he's definitely bullshitting. Like, for oh, sure. Okay. I was going to say, geez. <clears throat> Do you know, uh, you know Gino from Bet Openly, right? Yeah, so, like, yeah. He, he got into it with Gino one day. And then, like, few a like, couple months later, this is by back in college basketball season. A couple months later, he's paying these, like, uh, like hoops Le- legion, which is like has like five hundred thousand followers to like promote sure. his site, and he has this chart, and it's like eighty <laughs> games, just all green. Like if if you went eighty and zero in college basketball or in baseball, then you could figure out how to get to Mars, and I'm definitely sure <laughs> that <laughs> like, I, I, yeah, we, I would agree with that statement for sure. <laughs> but it's it's to your point, you know. We're nobody's perfect at betting, and I think that's the first thing people need to realize. Because I feel like people get down on themselves when they lose, and it's like, man, like AK and I talked about this last Friday. Like, it's just it's a grind, man, an absolute yep. grind, and you got to be psychotic to bet baseball every day. But here yeah, we are. I, I say I say all the time uh, on a bunch of my shows, like, listen, like, uh, if you think this is for you, you should think again because uh, it's an absolute grind and the highs and the lows uh, are going to make you have heart attacks and uh, you, you won't be able to sleep at night at times and it's you, you, you need to live, breathe, and sleep this. And man, if you're not built for this, you're, you're in the wrong, wrong business and go find a different hobby. It's, it's, uh, it's truly a daily freaking grind. 100% agree. 100%. All right, so we're here to talk Big 12 football today. Um, we we have gone through the AAC, and we also went through Conference USA. Now we're moving on to the Big 12, which is our first Power 5 conference that we're going to preview. Um, I think this conference is pretty wide open. So before we get into the teams, let's kind of just, like, give an overview of this conference. Like, I feel like this conference is absolutely wide open. CT, you being the guest, like, let us t- give us your thoughts on this conference here. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on on wide open there, um, Jordan. I think there's probably about six or seven teams that could win this conference. Obviously, th- this year is um, it's the first year. If you if you're listening and you don't know, it's the first year for the Big Twelve to have 14 teams, right? BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, uh, and Central Florida. They joined the conference this year. I think they actually just made it a like official sworn in like earlier this week. Yep. Um, and it's the last year for for Texas and, and, and OU, so it's kind of a bittersweet uh, for Big Twelve fans here because Texas and Oklahoma, right? I'm a Baylor guy, but they have been the juggernauts of the Big Twelve for years and years, and they're heading out to the SEC in, in 2024. I'm not one of those Big Twelve fans that's that's sour about it. Uh, you know, good for them. Uh, they, they have the money, uh, and the boosters to, to be able to do it. But on the other hand, guys, best of luck to you. I mean, Oklahoma's used to, you know, getting that bid into the, the well, it's not going to be four playoff teams anymore after this year, but, um, 
you know, they're they're always used to winning the Big 12 and just getting in. Man, going to the SEC is going to be a, a, a totally different story. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I mean, everybody's acting like Texas is, uh, you know, is back and they're going to win this thing. I mean, we're, we're looking at FanDuel right now to, to do this show, Jordan, right? And plus 115 on Texas to, to win the Big 12. Like, I, 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 you got to be absolutely insane to tie your money up on Texas to win the Big 12 getting back plus 15 yeah. i just think that's crazy we were talking about sark you know off air before we started and i mean he hasn't really done much at texas since he's been there and you know all of a sudden now they're they're you know uh they're, they're gonna be loaded on on offense yeah great i mean but do you really trust sark to to just be able to get it done in in this in this conference, I think Oklahoma is going to be a lot better. I think uh, Kansas State, they're, they're in contention, Texas Tech, Baylor, and then you can never count out Sonny Dykes, even though they lost a ton. So um, I, those are the teams that I think that could actually win this. Texas, Oklahoma, K-State, Texas Tech, Baylor, and TCU. I, I think from there on, it kind of there's a bit really big drop-off. Right. And, uh, to, and to CT's point, CT, you said uh, – you know, you kind of named off six teams right there. If you looked at most preseason rankings last year, uh, Kansas State and TCU were somewhere around that fifth or sixth, what people had ranked yeah. coming into the season. And, and then look what happens there. So, um, to your point, man, I think it's wide open race. And, you know, I, you guys always say they don't even need to play the season because so many <laughs> people are waiting for Texas to win, right? And uh, I think Texas Tech's going to be tough. I, I'm not as high on them as I originally were because – kind of becoming a trendy pick and I don't usually like the trendy picks too much but uh I think Texas Tech's gonna be tough again this year too and I think Kansas State's gonna pick off pick up right where they left off too some so I think it's wide open I'm excited yeah hands down I think Chris Kleiman's the best coach in this conference I won't even say that softly I actually picked Kansas State to win the Big 12 last year I actually tweeted Kelly last year like right before the season even started she asked like how where do we think Kansas State could go I said they're gonna win this conference I thought I was that high on them. They obviously lose a ton, but I do think with climbing being there, I think they're going to be right back. We're going to talk deeper into this, but I agree with your Sark analysis. Like Texas should run away with this conference. They're the most talented team in this conference, hands down. But we all know Sark is going to lose three games. He should absolutely win. Like it's just what happens. And you should, you know, before the Baylor game, just send him some Viva Seltzer because you know he loves tequila. <laughs> Get him a little loopy. Uh, uh, he's got a tall task uh, opening. Uh, what is it? Except the, the second weekend when he's he's got to go on the road to to Bama. Uh, we'll, we'll see how good this Texas team is uh, real soon. Yep, I agree. And I also think you know we'll talk a little bit more about this later. But I also think the Arch Manning thing, like if Quinn Ewers plays rough his first couple stars, you're going to start to hear rumblings from those Texas fans because you know how obnoxious they are. They're going to say, oh, we need calling to... for his name after the Alabama game. Just watch. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. a lot of, lot of things going on with them. So let's hop into the Big 12. We're going to start lowest to highest like we always do. So we'll start with the, a newly appointed Big 12 team, the Houston Cougars, with Dana Holgerson as their coach. Uh, Houston, in my opinion, was one of the – not one of the – but they were a very disappointing team last year. I thought yep. they were going to win the AAC, and they were terrible. Uh, they had a great quarterback in tune. 
great uh, wide receiver and Tank Dell lose both those guys. CT, what's your outlook on on Houston coming into this uh, their first Big Twelve season? Yeah, Houston, right? They're they're now finally a Power Five team, right? And they're they're present for that is they get to face one of the toughest schedules in, in the nation. Yeah. Um, and, and head coach Dana Holgerson, I, I actually really did like Holgerson a lot when he was at Westva. He he hasn't really done anything special since he arrived uh, for the Cougars, right? He's twenty seven and twenty. That's his 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 record down in Houston. Um. The transfer quarterback, uh, I think it's was it Donovan Smith. He comes over from the Texas Red Raiders, Tech, Texas yeah. Tech. I think he should he should help them out a little bit. They're they're really really weak uh, on defense. I think they only get back three starters from last year. They do get back uh, a decent amount on offense, but I don't know. I think it's going to be Donovan Smith. He, he's coming in here. It's a, it's a whole new offense for him. Holgerson kind of seems like he's lost his fastball. I, I don't know. It's just it's just not the right fit down there. And I really thought it was going to be a good fit for for Houston. I thought it was a great hire. And I, I think they might have got it totally wrong. I, I wouldn't be surprised, guys, if this is his his last uh, year down there. I don't really have high hopes uh, for this team uh, whatsoever. They will be bottom of the barrel. Yeah, Jordan, you know, they come off such a great year, 12-2 and two in 2021. All the high hopes felt like Clayton Toombs there forever. Tank Dell um, that you mentioned, but uh, kind of fell on their face a little bit last year, regressed some. And, uh, yeah, I actually, to CT's point, I am excited about Donovan Smith and uh, Matthew Golden, who I uh, think will be a good receiver for them, kind of see what that connection forms uh, becomes. But I'm not high on this team at all this year. Yeah, I, I'm not high on them one bit. I, I'm kind of in the same boat as CT. Like, I went into last year, and I was like, man, this is – like, Dana's going to win the AAC. Like, this could be a, a good group of five team and kind of maybe make some noise. At first game against UTSA, they couldn't get off the field on third down. And, and don't get me wrong, UTSA is a great team. But that continued throughout the entire season. Like, they could not get off the field in third down. I think it was a Texas Tech game at home. It was, like, third and 19, and they were up by, like, six points in the fourth quarter. And Texas Tech converts a third and nineteen to continue the drive. Texas Tech ends up winning the game. It's like that's just bad coaching, in my opinion, from yeah. all sides. And I just feel like no matter the talent on the team, I'm just not sold on it. And we remember, remember last time uh, he took West Virginia from the Big East to the Big Twelve, and they were atrocious in the Big Twelve for his two years there. They were not good. Kind of feel like it's going to be the same thing here with UCT. He could definitely probably lose his job. They do lose uh, their best offensive lineman, and that's not a good thing going going into a Power Five conference. So, yeah. um, I I honestly might play the under. It's juice to the over on FanDuel, so you can get under four and a half wins plus one ten. But I mean, they'll probably lose against UTSA. Okay, they go at Rice, then they get TCU, Sam Houston. They'll probably they could split those. So we're talking two and two right there. Then they got to go at Texas Tech. West Virginia, Texas at home, at K-State, at Baylor, Cincy, Oklahoma State, at UCF. I mean, they could very well lose eight games here. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't get pretty there uh, after after Sam Houston at all. Like, it's just kind of a, a gauntlet there for them. Yeah, and they got to go back-to-back games at K-State, or triple back-to-back. Texas, K-State, Baylor, dude. That is a nasty three-game stretch. So, uh, good luck to Houston. Um, hopefully, you're looking for your next head coach. 
Uh, let's move on to the other team at four and a half. That's the uh, BYU Cougars. Kind of shocked that they're at four and a half wins, to be honest. Uh, CT, what's your thoughts on BYU going from independent to uh, to Big 12 here? Yeah, th- this actually got hit a few weeks ago. It was five and a half. Um, so some sharp money came in here on, on the Cougs uh, under here. Uh, I think this is a really, really interesting team that needs to replace a lot. Like uh, yep. they did pick up two key transfers, uh, the quarterback Slovis from Pitt last year. And then the year before USC kind of all over the place. And now he's, you know, now he's down going to be down in Cougarville here. Um, pick up the running back, uh, Aiden Robbins. Uh, he came, he's coming from UNLV, UNLV. I believe. Yep. Um yep. A year before that, he was at Louisville, if I'm not uh, mistaken. But that that should give them a kind of a nice little shot in the arm on, on offense. The the defense was horrendous last year. But actually, the the one good game they did play was uh, go figure versus Baylor. Uh, they beat them in in overtime. But other than that, uh, they really weren't good. And the, the head coach uh, Kalani uh, Sataki fired pretty much everyone uh, on the defensive staff from from last year. So who knows what we're we're gonna get after that? It's gonna be a whole new staff here. The schedule's very tough as well when you look at it. They got to travel uh, to TCU, Texas, West Va, and Oklahoma State. Um, they're in a Power Five now, and it's gonna get a lot more physical for them. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I'm really concerned with the majority of these four teams coming in um, to the Big Twelve in their first year. I, I really think it's gonna be a big big time wake up call for them. And I think they're going to get slapped in the face a little bit. So um, this is a team I'm, I'm, I'm not very high on at all. They, they, they lost a lot, but Slovis should, should help uh, them. I mean, he, he, he can make some plays. Um, I thought he was going to do a little bit more last year at Pitt. The injuries kind of hurt him a little bit, but I don't know. You can never really trust a quarterback that's just bounces bouncing around his whole co- college career. Right. I mean, there's a reason for it. So um, well, I, I don't have much uh, on BYU other than that, guys. I think it's going to be a rebuild year for him. The crazy thing about Slovis is, like, he wasn't even supposed – he was a three-star recruit coming out of high school. He wasn't even supposed to play his freshman year at USC. Injuries propel him into the starting lineup. He absolutely yeah. balled out, dude. Was incredible. Very last game, injures his shoulder and was never the same. The very next year, the COVID year, he wasn't the same. And then, obviously, USC moves on. They get uh, – they get Lincoln Riley. He bounces out. So, I mean, I think this is a big prove-it year for him, you know, going forward for his career. I think the biggest question mark about uh, BYU is they lost a lot on their offensive line, and Keaton Slovis is a guy. He's not very mobile, so, like, he needs a good offensive line. They did bring in a ton of transfers, so they do have experience on the offensive line. It's just a matter of how well they gel quick. Also, to note on the defensive side of the ball, they were really bad the first five games of the year. Last six games of the year, though, they held opponents to less than 170 yards rushing. So I, I do think they got better, but firing the whole defensive staff, I mean, you're right. Who knows what it's going to be. But That I, defense just got pushed around all season, though, man. They couldn't stop the run the entire season. At all, yeah. Um, at all. And uh, to CT's point, you're coming into the Big 12 now. You better be able to stop the run, and you better be able to be ready to play physical ball. They also got to go on the road against Arkansas, too. Just never a gimme, so tough game yeah. there. <laughs> I mean, this is, a, this is a team that the last two years, three years, they're playing like the Navies of the world, the Coastal Carolinas of the world. They're playing, you know, group of five teams for 
eight games of their 12-game schedule. Now they got to play 10 Power 5 teams. I mean, it's a huge adjustment. And I don't even care. Like, West Virginia, I don't think they're going to be that good. But, you know, they're prepared to play a Big 12 schedule, unlike BYU. So I think 4.5 is a little too low. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't play the over at, you know, I think it's like $1.88 juiced right now on FanDuel. I wouldn't play that, but it's tough to go under because – I like Sataki. I think he's a great coach. And, you know, who knows? This BYU team could surprise. And by surprise, I mean get to a bowl game. I agree with you on Sataki. I, I think he's a great coach uh, as well. I, I, I think BYU will eventually. Uh, I, I think it's a really good move for BYU to be in the Big 12. I just think it's going to take a few years. But I don't think Sataki's going anywhere, to, to your point, Jordan. Yeah. I, I think he's uh, – BYU has put their trust in him, and I, I think he's going to, down the road, um, make BYU a, very, a contender in the Big 12. Agreed. Neither of you guys have a play on BYU? No. Nah. <clears throat> All right. Nah. Let's move over to uh, West Virginia, the Mountaineers. Five and a half wins is their total this year. This is another team that lost a lot. Um, obviously, lose their quarterback in JT Daniels. Uh, CT, what's your thoughts on West Virginia here? Yeah, I, I actually think that this is hands down the worst roster um, from top to bottom in the Big Twelve. I, I, I really do, um, and I think it's 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 the worst roster that West Virginia has had in a in a really long time. I, the the last that I've I've checked, the QB job is up for grabs. Right, it's either going to be the junior Garrett Green or the the redshirt freshman. I can't uh, remember his name, Mark but Eel. they haven't named. Do you what is it, Jordan? Mark Eel. Mark Marchiel. I don't know how to pronounce Nico. Let's just call him Nico. Nico. That's right. Okay. Um, Last I checked that, that that wasn't uh, named after uh, spring ball here. Um, I I think the the big problem with them is that they're really, really small and and, and they're not physical at all. Um, The defense last year, they finished in the bottom of the big 12 and points allowed. I don't think they're going to be much better on D um, this year. They get back six on offense, four on defense. Really, the only thing that they got going for them is there's there's four or five teams I can't remember in um, in Division One that that return all five um, starting offensive linemen, and I believe West Virginia is one of them. They are one uh, the of only re- the reason I know that is because Iowa is. Um, a team I'm really high on, and they're actually one of them as well. Um, I can't remember the the other three, but those are the two I remember because I'm a Big 12 guy and high on Iowa this year. So that that will help them. But, man, they, they are just really, really small. Uh, I don't think that they're going to do much this year at, at all. Um, they, they might be in for, for a really, really long, uh, long year as well, guys. Yeah, I yeah, they just got torched in the secondary last year, man. 14 plays of 40 or more yards through the air. You know, um, like CT said, ninth in the Big 12 last year. That allowed them over thir- almost 33 points a game, man. You're not going to win many games in the Big 12, giving up 33 points a game. Uh, yeah, to CT's point, you have four offensive starters uh, on the line return, which is huge. I do like C.J. Donaldson, too, running back of theirs. Yeah, he's nice. But um, Yeah, he's real nice. But, man, feels like it's going to be a – Another coach getting fired after this year. Doesn't it feel like that, boys? Yeah. Neil Brown? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think, I think this might be Brown's last year for sure. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I One thing that does benefit them, they dodge Texas, which is beneficial for them. And then they uh, 
But they got to go at Oklahoma, at Baylor. Oh, it's just a – Man, they, they start off going to the Wolves, and they got to start off at, at Penn, Penn State. State. At Penn State. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a real nice uh, welcome back to the 2023. Go go down to State College. <laughs> yeah, that that'll be. Uh, I mean, they could very well start the year one in three, one in four um, at Penn State. They should obviously beat Duquesne, Pittsburgh, uh, backyard brawl, Texas Tech, and then TCU. It could be uh, starting off very bad for them. All right, let's move over to. Uh, Another five-and-a-half win team. This is uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats making their debut in the Big 12 as well, coming over from the AAC where they dominated. Um, new head coach, Scott Satterfield from Louisville, who I don't understand how this guy continues to get head coaching jobs. Um, but what's your what's your thoughts on, on Cincinnati here, CT? I, I, I was right there with you, dude. I was <laughs> stunned when they named Satterfield the, the head coach. The Bearcats, they, they come into this year with new head coach, uh, a new triggerman, and into a brand-new Power 5 conference. Uh, I couldn't believe they hired Satterfield. I, he didn't set the world on fire at Louisville for the few years he was there, and, and I just don't really think he fits into the Big 12 uh, at all, but – what, what do I know? I, I just don't see it. Well, only time time will tell. Um, Emery Jones, right? He he's uh, he transferred yet again. Probably gonna be named the starting um, quarterback here. They they almost get nothing back in terms of start, starters on offense. Um, they get a decent amount back on, on D. I believe five or six guys um, that that started last year. I, I think it's gonna be a few years for Cincy to kind of fully recover from losing head coach Luke Fickle. I, I mean, it, it's, that's tough, man. I mean, look what Fickle did with that program. All right. I mean, they, they were in the college football playoff. It's kind of amazing. And now you think about it, they go from that to Scott Satterfield <laughs> calling the plays and they're in the big 12. It's a, it's a big change of uh, a scenery. It's it's going to be a lot different for these kids. Um, I don't know, man. It's just good. like I said. I keep going back to it. The, these teams that are getting into it this year for the uh, you know the newbies of, of the Big Twelve. It's just going to be long, long years for them. I, I have them all finishing kind of towards the bottom, uh, except for Central Florida, and we'll we'll get there uh, in a, in a few minutes. Yeah, AK, yeah, the defense only allowed 20 points a game last year, which was really strong, but I don't see that happening again this year. Uh, we're talking about offensive line and how important that is. They only returned one starter on the offensive line, too. So, <laughs> welcome to the Big 12. Yeah. Uh, I, when they named Scott Satterfield, I was just like, it was the most mind-boggling head coaching decision. And we were hearing reports, like, leading up to the week that, like, they were going to offer Dion the job, and and we we can have our opinions on Dion and stuff, but like Dion can recruit those kids to play in the Big Twelve, regardless of whether he can coach them or not. That's to be determined, but he can at least recruit that talent. Scott Fat- Satterfield for three years in Louisville, every single year coming into the year, all I hear is, "Oh, Louisville is going to be the the sneaky team to win the to win the conf- the ACC this year. Louisville is going to be the sneaky team. Louisville's." They never, they always disappointed every single year he was the head coach. And then he plays a bowl game against Cincinnati. He's not even on the sideline. He loses the game. Right. Like, 
dude, you lose your game to the players you just this uh, mind boggling hire. They'll probably have a new head coach in a few years. To be honest, I like them under, but juice a dollar sixty two to the under. Not a very big fan of that. Uh, so I I probably wouldn't play it, but it's gonna be a long year for Cincy for sure. All right, let's move over to another five and a half win team. This is actually a team that I'm pretty high on in the Iowa State Cyclones uh, with Matt Campbell at head coach. Coming off his first losing season ever at four and eight. What do you think about Iowa State here, CT? Yeah, um, it was a tough year for the Cyclones in, in 2022. They, they lost so much um, to the NFL, and you know, they're, they're still trying to rebuild from losing Purdy, Hall, uh, et cetera, to, to the NFL. Matt Campbell is I've always been a fan of. I, I, I always like the way he's coached. I think he's the perfect fit for Iowa State. I'm actually surprised, uh, Jordan and AK, that he's stuck around uh, this long. I, I really thought a few years ago uh, when Iowa State was really, um, you know, they were making a lot of noise in the Big 12. I, I thought somebody was going to scoop him up. Um he, he's he stayed loyal there and this is i think this is i know you said you're high on him i think this is going to be one of the the toughest years he's he's had uh in terms of of kind of players and 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 figuring out um what he's going to do and and how they're going to approach this year he, he made a lot of changes to the offense that should that should help them I, they do get a decent amount of starters back I don't know. The talent just really isn't there. They get eight on offense. I think seven on D. Um, I think they're going to be a little bit better than, than last year's four and eight team. Um, I, I like the trigger man. I like Hunter Deckers a lot. I, he gets another shot and I, I really looking forward to seeing what, what he could do between Campbell and him. I, I think they're going to be able to win some games and I think they could be close to a 500 team. I would lean over here. I haven't played anything, um, but I don't mind over on uh, the Cyclones at all. AK? Yeah, I agree, man. Matt Campbell, just going back to his days of Toledo, just always seems to rally his guys. And um, they have a pretty tough schedule to play this year, though. You know, second game of the week, they're playing CT Hawkeyes. Uh, which is going to be a tough game. Got to go to Oklahoma this year. They've got to go to Baylor. Got to play Texas. Got to go to Kansas State TCU. So they don't really get to dip and dodge anybody this year. So that's murderer's row right there. Uh, yeah, but Matt Campbell's a hell of a coach to CT's point. He's just always figured it out. So um, Hunter Deckers, I know he'll be looking for a new uh, wide receiver one. But uh, that defense was strong last year, only, uh, only allowed 21 points in the Big 12. So they returned seven starters. I look for that defense to try to carry that team some again this year. If they can figure out an offense, they'll figure it out. But, um, man, what a tough schedule. Yeah, they obviously they lose Will McDonald, which is a huge loss. Like, we won't, we won't try to sugarcoat that. But they do get uh, their two best uh, linebackers back, including their star linebacker, Bo Frailer. So I think their defense will be okay. I don't think they're going to have a ton mm-hmm. of drop-off. I think they'll be, you know, a solid defense. Plus, they've had the same head coach, uh, John Heacock, for, like, I don't know, a decade, it seems like. He's been there forever. I do think the offense is a question mark. Um, they've obviously lost uh, Xavier. What was his name? Um, Hutchinson. Hutchinson, Xavier Hutchinson. Yeah. But they uh, – they're. I'm reading, I've heard that Matt Campbell's going back to more of a two tight end set. So I think that that's going to be beneficial to them a lot more, 
11 personnel. So they do have a tough schedule, but Matt Campbell does his best work when nobody has any expectations of him. And he does his worst work when they do have expectations of him. So right. I kind of like, you know, we're their win total sitting at five and a half. So we think they're going to be a sub 500 team. Like this is a kind of Matt Campbell team where they're going to pull a couple upsets and they're going to get bull eligible and be playing in a bowl and come late December. So I, I, I kind of like the over. I'm not going to lie. And it's at minus $1.10 right now, which isn't bad. Don't know if I'll get to the window with it, but cause I, I think there's a lot better win totals out there. But I'm kinda, I'm, this is going to be a team I'm going to keep my eye on all, all year, that's for sure. All right, let's move over to uh, the Kansas Jayhawks, coming off their best season probably uh, ever. Um, six and seven last year, made a bowl game. Lance Leopold doing a hell of a job after coming over from Buffalo. CT, what's your thoughts on the Jayhawks this year? They're actually returning a lot. They return uh, a ton. They, they do. Um, Leopold, I mean, man, he, he showed the world last year that uh, the Jayhawks are serious about uh, changing football, uh, you know, changing their look from just a basketball school into, hey, we could play football too, right? Um, the good thing that they have going for them, they, they might have one of the best uh, – QBs and running backs in in the whole league, right? Jalen Daniels and and Devin Neal. It's nope. a pretty dangerous uh, combo. Um, they like I said, they return a ton on offense. De- defense should be a little bit weak. The schedule's tough. They're really, really tough. They they got to play Oklahoma and Texas. What what's the total right now sitting at? Is it still six flat? Five and a half. Juice to the over. Dollar forty four. I mean, I, I, I think they could get six wins. I, I, I do. I mean. The only thing, like, you look at their schedule. I mean, they got to play, like, all the good teams. That's that's the biggest problem. That's, that's the biggest, yeah. Yeah, they, they didn't get any schedule breaks. Some of these teams got schedule breaks with the new teams uh, coming in. They, they unfortunately, uh, weren't one of them. They did not. But they got a, they got a soft non-con. Missouri State, Illinois, Missouri State, Nevada. Yeah. Right, because I don't think Nevada, I don't think Illinois is going to be as good as they were last year. You know, they lost a ton on defense. That's where they like hung their hat, and they get them at home. So like that's they should start three and zero right there. So then you they, just, they they you're right they should start three and zero. Yeah. So then you just need three more BYU, wins. They get BYU at home. You could see them starting four and zero. Yeah. Then you just need two more wins. Then you got to go at Texas, UCF, at Oklahoma State, Oklahoma at Iowa State. <laughs> Texas Tech. <laughs> That's I mean, they get back. The I think they get back ten, ten or ten starters on on offense. They do. So yeah, they get back like, seventeen total starters. CT. They lost all four of their starters on their D line, but pretty much returned everybody on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball, except for the four guys up front. And it's not like their defensive line was play, great last year either. So it's like they're gonna. If they can figure it out on defense at all and put anything together, they're gonna play spoiler or somebody. Or a couple teams actually. When you're looking at getting the six wins on that total, I actually like the over here. I haven't played it yet, but really like the over because I think they can easily start four and zero. I think they can beat Cincinnati. I think they can, you know, steal one from Oklahoma State, Iowa State, UCF. You win two of those games, you're at seven wins right there. That's if you don't steal one of the of the power right. four there, if you will. That's very true. And you know that, that- offense is going to score, man. That <laughs> Jalen Daniels. We saw as long as he can remain healthy. Well, no, because even the backup is good. 
What's his name? Yeah. Uh, he played a little bit last year. Jason Bean. Yep. He was he was nice yeah. when he played last year. Bean, yeah, he's gonna be a senior. Yeah. So, I mean, even if they do, even if for some reason he misses a couple, three games, like, I don't think there's a ton of drop-off between the two quarterbacks. So, I think that's, like, beneficial in terms of taking the over. I mean, sometimes, you know, when when I do shows like this, you know, and you start talking about it with, you know, other other people that have great minds, you, you start kind of saying to yourself, wow, you know what? I, I wasn't that high on that team, but the way you know, the way we break it down here, I, I'm starting to like it. You get over five and a half. I'm, I don't mind that at all. I, I haven't got to the window yet, and I'm thinking about my bet right after we finish this finish the show. I'm, I'm might be there too. I didn't even think about it till we hopped on. I'm like looking at their schedule. I'm looking at yeah. five and a half. What they return? I, their defensive line is a concern. I'm not going to lie; like that is a big yeah. concern. But they weren't good last year. So it's like the defense they, as a whole wasn't good last year, but um, they allowed thirty five, well, almost thirty six. Well, their secondary is like good. Said, their secondary is good. They only allowed two hundred sixty yards in the, through the air last year. They return almost every offensive starter, though. I mean, you're looking at a team that's got so much experience that plays such a big factor here, man. When you're talking about all these teams coming into uh, the conference from you know group of five conferences, man, this team is going to play spoiler to somebody. I agree. I yep. absolutely agree. All right, so let's move over to uh, our first six-and-a-half win team. That's going to be the UCF Knights coming in from uh, the AAC. Should be one of the better teams. I'm actually – I don't see a total on the board for them. It is off the board at FanDuel. Is it? I thought I saw six-and-a-half the other the day, the last I saw, I think. I'm seeing six-and-a-half, but there's no uh, VIG next to it, like not even a dollar ten. Okay. Hold on, Jordan. I, I have six-and-a-half in my notes, Jordan, but let me just look. Yeah, Jordan's right. It's off the board at all the major books. That's interesting. Could be getting hit but right I, now. When, when I did my notes the other day, it was six-and-a-half. Yeah. Same. Yeah. It was uh, – I had uh, six-and-a-half – at like minus one forty five is what I had found. Over. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I had under six and a half at plus one ten in my notes. Wow. See, all right, yeah. CT. What do you think? We'll we'll go with six and a half. We'll go with that vig right there. What was it? Minus one dollar. Uh, in my notes, I've got I found over minus one forty five the other day. Okay. Under plus one ten. CT, what do you think about UCF this year? Yeah, I think that uh, Gus Malzahn has, has done a decent job uh, down here, guys. I actually um, didn't agree with uh, with Auburn letting uh, Gus walk, and I think Central Florida made made out really well being able to, to pick him up as their uh, head coach. And this is going to be, I think, the best team out of uh, – the four newcomers into uh, the big 12 this year. Um, He gets a decent amount back uh, six and six. Uh, He was already, and sorry, when I say he, I'm I'm talking about Gus. Gus was uh, already doing a a really good job recruiting. He was pretty much recruiting at a power five level uh, before they, they entered the big 12. So I think that's going to only help them um, here. And um, being the coach for Auburn, for so long that that was able to to help him do that right like Gus Malzahn is, is a big name in college football and you know he could get some 
uh, the good three star and the the lower tier four star kids to come pl- play for him, and I think he's going to, especially now they're in they're in the the Big Twelve. Um, the tougher schedule is going to be the the question for the Knights and most of the, the the other newcomers to the the Big Twelve. But I think this team will be able to kind of handle it and maneuver it uh, better than the others. Uh, and the the trigger man's pretty decent, right? Um, John Rice Plumley. Uh, he could really air it out, and I think it's a matter of how far, uh, if they could stay healthy and Plumley could stay healthy, it's a matter of how far uh, Gus and Plumley could take them. I think they might be bowl, uh, a team that could be bowl eligible, though. AK? Yeah, doesn't Plumley just feel like a Malzahn quarterback? Like He just yeah. feels like he just fits <laughs> the mold there. Prototypical. I uh, They lost a couple starters in the offensive line, so got to replace those guys this year. Um, I know they lost their D coordinator too, so always looking at that. But uh, two uh, preseason Big 12 guys uh, up front, that sounds huge to me. I know they got to uh, replace a couple spots on their secondary too. So they can put those together, which I think Gus Malzahn will with that offense. And I think Plumlee has a pretty big year. Um, I, to CT's point, I'm agreeing. So I think this is by, by far the best of the four teams coming into uh, Big 12 this year. We they, all agree uh, there. Looking at their schedule, though, they uh, they get to dodge Texas, but uh, they got a pretty tough game week two at Boise State. I think we're going to see kind of see what they're made of bright and early this year. Yeah, playing at Boise is never easy. Um, no. But, you know, to CT's point, Gus Malzahn probably is the most equipped of the four coaches coming into the Big 12, in my opinion. So I think that benefits them. Uh, Reese Plumley definitely has to stay healthy, though. He has to for them to go over, which is why I probably wouldn't play it over because, you know, he did miss two games last year. So right. it could happen again this year. Um, they do return a lot on their defense. They return most of their defensive line, which is good. And <clears throat> so their defense should be a, a little bit improved. Offensive line, they lose two all-conference offensive linemen, which is tough. Um, but they do bring in some experienced transfers, uh, including a first-team t- uh, first all Mac Marcellus Marshall from Kent State, which I think is pretty big. He was he was really nice for them. So I mean they have experience. They just don't really have experience with this with this team here. So gonna be interesting how they gel, but I think you know, playing Kent State and then to your point, AK going at Boise to Boise State playing on the blue turf, you know, that's a we'll see what this team is all about pretty early on. But then man, they go to Kansas State to open up conference play. So yeah. welcome to the big twelve. They they got they have to go to Kansas State, to Kansas, to Oklahoma. Yep, their schedule is tough, man. I mean, they got to go to Texas Tech. Yeah, they do dodge Texas, though. Right. Yep. So they they get back to um, experienced. Uh, both, I think, they're seniors, uh, Baker and and Hudson, uh, for nice targets for uh, for Plumley. They're, they're both experienced. They got speed, so that should that should make his uh, uh, Plumley's life a little bo- bit more at ease for sure. If he could stay healthy, they actually return. RJ Harvey will have a big year too at running back for them. They returned four of their four of their top five receivers from a year ago. They also transferred in uh, Drake Metcalf from Stanford at guard, right. which is a huge one. You know, Stanford, they always produce very good linemen. Marcellus Marshall, which I talked about from Kent State. Um, and then they return their left tackle, Tylen Grable, and their center, Bula Schmidt. 
so pretty decent. They got, I mean, they got talent on this team. I just think a lot of it has to do has to do with uh, Reese staying healthy, man. Like he has to stay healthy. So we'll see. Are you guys leaning either way on this? I, I think the number's right. I, I, yes, six I and a half. I, I, you know, I I think this might be six and I can see six and six. I, you know, seven and five. I, I, I'm not getting to the window either way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about the next six and a half win team. That's Oklahoma State Cowboys with the great Mike Gundy. <laughs> Man, talk. You know, there's a lot of good head coaches in this conference. Mike Gundy's one of them. What do you think about Oklahoma State coming into this year, CT? I think the Gundy era is is slowly, slowly coming to an end at, at Oklahoma State. And really? I think this team um, is going to be very interesting to see what happens this year. It, it, like, it's, it's still mind-blowing to me that at Spencer Sanders, you know, he took off for, uh, you know, he's the, he was the four-year starter for the pokes. He took off the old miss and he's, he's fighting. He, not only did he take off, he's fighting for that starting job over there at old miss when, you know, he was their guy at Oklahoma state guys. Like you would go to the games, right? I've been to so many Baylor Oklahoma state games. And all you would hear is they, they, in the crowd, they talk about Spence Spence, like, like they're on a, like they're on the nickname basis with them. Like there is the son, like they they loved this kid, um, <laughs> and then did you see what they got? They went and got who who's probably going to be their starting quarterback. It, it's the, the veteran. Uh, what's his name? A- Alan Bowman. Okay, mm-hmm. it, he has bounced around from everywhere. They take him from Michigan, uh, who hasn't really played at all since uh, his first couple years at Texas Tech. And now all of a sudden he's going to come in and and be Gundy's uh, starting trigger man. I I don't know how that's going to work out. I mean, they barely return any starters from last year. Uh, Five or six of them on on offense, two on defense. There's going to be a lot of new faces uh, here for, for Gundy. And they're still trying to recover from losing defensive coordinator Jim Knowles to Ohio State. I don't care what anybody says. Like Gundy seems to like not know what to do on defense anymore since Jim is gone. So, um, what is point. it? Is it still six and a half here on FanDuel? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that number is right as as well. I I I think they're at best a five hundred team. Yeah, they're actually switching to a three three five defense. They he just can't figure it out at all. Yeah. Uh, the only the only the only thing I have to add because CT kind of knocked it out of the park on that one is they do have a very schedule uh, very favorable schedule break. Um, you know they don't have to play Texas. They yep. get Oklahoma at home. Uh, they get Kansas State at home. They get Kansas at home. Uh, you know they don't go to, to West play Baylor either. Don't have to play Baylor. They go to Houston, go to West Virginia, to Iowa State, and to UCF, and get BYU at home. So, like CT said, I think the number's right only because of that schedule. Yeah. They uh, they were dog shit on defense last year, too, which is very ungundy, like to the point of losing um, what's-his-face <clears throat> to Oklahoma State. Jim Knowles. I, I question the quarterback – I don't think they have a good quarterback. However, I do think they're going to play good defense. 
I do think they'll be better on defense than last year. And I think that, to AK's point, they have probably the easiest schedule in the Big 12. Yep. They had a nice schedule break. So I could easily see them getting over six and a half. I won't get to the window with it just because who knows what you're going to get out of the quarterback position. Just hope you don't have to see Gunner again. That's for sure. He looked awful last year. <laughs> yeah. He really did. I, I, I think for Gundy's sake, I, I, I don't think we're, we're going to, to see him again. I think he kind of knows, uh, that was a big, big mistake. Yeah, losing Spencer Sanders is huge, though, and, and Spencer huge. And he he transferred yep. to a school that already has a starting quarterback. That's how much he was like <laughs> willing to leave. Like that's yep. crazy to me. That yep. is hey, 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 Jordan. Yeah, actually, they don't play. I just realized they don't play Texas Tech or TCU either. Yeah, they have the easiest. They have yeah, easiest cakewalk. Like Arizona State's going to be down. You know, if they lose that Arizona State game, that tells you everything you need to know about this team. Like, they should easily go into that Iowa State game 3-0, and even though South Alabama's a good team. I was getting ready to say South Alabama. But they get them at home. Really give them a game. But they get them at home. You know? Yeah. I think that's beneficial. And then you get Kansas State at home, Kansas, and you might lose one of those games, but you should split them. At West Virginia, you should win that game. We talked about how bad West Virginia is this year. Cincinnati, winnable game. Oklahoma, you probably get dog-walked. At UCF, you probably lose. At Houston, winnable game. BYU at home, winnable game. So that's easily seven to eight wins right there. Not easily, but <clears throat> seven to eight winnable games. We'll see. Yeah, I think, I think seven seven is uh, is a fair fair task for, for them. I agree, which makes it tough yeah, to I take it Yeah, we're doing this here. show off of FanDuel, Jordan, but <laughs> just doing some shopping here. There's actually some sixes out there. Really? From like who? Mi- minus 130, and a few books have the six and a half at like plus 110 now. So the under is definitely getting hit here. I don't know if I would. I don't have the balls to play under six and a half on this, dude, with that schedule. I don't have the fortitude. What do you think? Well, you can't get behind. That quarterback can't stay healthy. And if Bowman goes out for any amount of games, this offense is is going to be in complete shambles because who's the backup? His son, right? Gunner Gundy. (laughs) So they over under all depends on the health of their QB, honestly, because they lost their best defender to USC, even though they went out and hired a D3 DC. He should – it should be nowhere but up with this defense, honestly, because at the end of the season, that defense was horrible. Yep. They almost turned a bunch of starters in the offensive line, yeah. too. So I see them trying to run the ball some here, too. Definitely. That, that, I mean, that's all. That's what they should be trying to do. Yeah. yeah. I just think there are some games where they're going to have to get in shootouts, and those are the games that they're going to, you know. Yeah, they're going to be in trouble versus uh, Kansas State, Kansas. Mm, I don't even think they got the offense to hang with Oklahoma. Well, if Bowman's healthy, maybe. But Oklahoma should be a top, what, 15, top 20 offense. Ir- Irv hates Oklahoma so much. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I just don't like their fans in the last two years because they just can't get over it, man. They like that ex she left on prom night for the hot chick that won the last dance. They just can't get over losing. <laughs> it's it happens. 
Full full transparency, CT. You're talking to two USC guys here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I have nothing against Oklahoma. My cousin graduated from Oklahoma. I take some 55 to 19 every year before the season starts. Just <laughs> It just means a little more now because we got Lincoln Riley. This is like East Coast versus West Coast, CT. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. All right, let's move over to our first seven and a half win team. That's the Texas Tech Red Raiders, AK's Texas Tech Red Raiders. Totals at seven and a half, juice to the over right now on FanDuel at dollar eighteen, under dollar forty four. AK, you're, let, we'll let you start on this one because you were uh, talking about the trendy pick here. Why is Texas Tech the trendy pick, and why is it starting? Why are you starting to get off them? Well, I never like to be on the trendy pick, to be honest with you, Jordan. So it's true. That's a uh, that's half the reason. But uh, you know, they return a lot of guys, man. I. Uh, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, just like we all do. I listen, I watch, I, I scroll on Twitter, just like everybody does, and it's everywhere thing you read is Texas Tech, Texas Tech. So uh, they got a bunch of fifth year guys coming back. Uh, they only allowed forty one sack. They allowed forty one sacks last year, so that's got to get better. Uh, defense, they've got to figure that out. But they do return six uh, starters on there. They probably have two of the better defense. I mean, excuse me, offensive linemen. Uh you know, in the conference. So you're looking at a team that's going to score points, but it, it all rests on Tyler Shaw's shoulders. So um, he had a very good year last year. Um, but like I said, I, I hate being on the same side as everyone else. So that's why I haven't got to the window on Texas Tech yet. CT, what do you think about Texas Tech here? Yeah, I'm with AK. Um, a couple months ago, I was like, wow, you know, Texas Tech might be a sleeper here, and I, I still think that they could be a sleeper. I I I put a bet, small bet in on them. I think I have a, a ticket for plus thirteen hundred to to win the Big Twelve. I did like it a lot uh, more a couple months ago. Uh, the thing I think that the Red Raiders got going for him uh, is is head coach Joey McGuire. He, you know, he's going to be great for the Red Raiders eventually. I mean, he, I mean, he was great last year in his debut. He, he won eight games and. Um, this is a big season for Red Raider Nation, and they they get a lot back. Like AK said, they they get eight back on offense, six on defense. Uh, in regards for starters from last year, that's and that's quite a bit. They avoid OU. Um, they do get a tall task as the Ducks come to uh, Lubbock week two, and then they finish at Texas. But um, they're going to be very powerful on offense. All their all their key pieces are are back. Their top five wideouts are back. So. They're ready to rock and roll on offense, and yeah, it, it kind of rides on the shoulders of uh, of Tyler, right? It, it, he's he's capable of being a leader and excelling. Will he do it th- this year? I mean, last year they were kind of you know screwing with the the trigger man position the the whole year. Yep. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Joey McGuire. He he was a longtime assistant at Baylor. And uh, he said at, at the beginning of, of spring ball that this team uh, this year is at least 14 points better than last year, which had eight wins. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll see if Joey McGuire says that I believe him. Uh, he's a man of his word and, he, and he's a loyal guy. And uh, I'm really rooting for him to do too well down there. Defensive uh, coordinator Tim DeRuder, he, he has this defense going in the right direction. They led the Big 12 in sacks last year. So I, I do. I know it is becoming trendy. Uh, a lot of people talking about this team, but 
think they can make some noise uh, here. I think that total was seven um, a little bit back, and I know it's it's back. It's it's up to seven and a half right now. If you could find the seven at a decent price, I'd, I'd take a look at it to to play the over there. Losing Tyree Wilson is huge. Yep, because Tyree Wilsons just don't grow on trees. You know what I mean? Like you don't get a Tyree Wilson every year. So he had at Texas Tech. Yeah, so that is a huge loss that they're going to have to make up for. They do return basically their entire defensive line aside from him, though, which is beneficial. A defense that only gave up uh, less than 100, I think it was uh, 169 yards, 4.3 yards per carry last year, which is really good, right? So that should be, you know, maybe the run defense is better. I don't think the pass defense is going to be as good as last year. Um, This is still a stout defense, so a good defense. That's returning a lot of talent. A lot of DBs are coming back. They also added a lot of transfers. C.D. Baskerville from San Diego State, who was really good for the Aztecs last year. Uh, Braylon Lux from Fresno State, who's an underrated cornerback as well. So I think this team has talent. But, man, and Irv is going to talk about this too. I already know it. You know, Tyler Shuck is a – we don't know, man. He's a question mark, bro. Like, he's had opportunities at Oregon, got beat out. You know what I mean? Goes to Texas Tech. And they juggle quarterbacks last year. Like, why Why is this guy never the guy? That's my question for this team. Well, he's going to be the guy this year. So, like you said, he's the wild card. Um, his last six games last year, he looked at really good. His legs, are, he's really a weapon with his legs. If his passing can improve, I wouldn't say night and day, but marginally better. Because uh, his deep ball is pretty good. It's just his short and intermediate stuff. Is where he gets into trouble and he overthrows. He don't know when to take. He sometimes he takes too much off the ball and it gets picked, and sometimes he puts too much on the ball. And it's just a complete throwaway play. So they're going to get tested right off the bat. Week two got Oregon coming to town, so that's going to be a good indicator of how the season might go for them as far as when they play the better, the higher, the upper echelons teams in the Big Twelve. But besides. Besides having to play Texas and uh, Baylor and Kansas State, they play all the new guys except for Cincinnati. So, so that could be three wins, maybe two. They should beat the hell out of Tarleton State in week three. Wyoming, they have a sneaky good defense, but that offense is um, archaic, uh, pre-dinosaur <laughs> years. So I think they should handle Wyoming on the road week one. I kind of like them with I kind of like the over because I don't see only team I see giving a run for their money out of the newcomers is UCF. Houston was one of my top five most disappointing teams of the season last year. But Baylor on the road is going to be tough. Kansas on the road is going to be tough. And they finished the season at Texas. So it can go either way. But Show's improvement, his health is going to go a long way for this team because we know on defense they one they are one of the better teams in the in the conference. So, and they return a lot outside of a top what Tyree Wilson went top seven, top eight. Yep. So, I think they'll be fine on defense. They're going to miss him, but Tim DeRuiter is a real good defensive guy. It goes all the way back to his Mountain West days when he was at uh wait no whack days when he was at uh, Fresno State. I think that Oregon game Durant is key. Bradley is a name to look for too, Jordan. His chemistry, I think he's going to be one of the better receivers in the Big 12 this year that not a lot of people are talking about. So, uh, yeah, he really came on last year. I just remember that Oklahoma game at the end of the year was just – they just – Oklahoma couldn't stop him. Yeah. 
played a lot of those games. I think that Oregon game's key, fellas. Like, yeah, if, they can win that game. Sky's the limit. If or but if Oregon goes in there and, and beats them down, like that could be a deflating L. Yeah, one of those sure. L's that kind of trips you up for for a few weeks. Nah, so, because after they play Oregon, they got Charleston State, West Virginia, and Houston, and that's three that's wins. True. Then they're on the road against Baylor, so that's going to be another big test. So within well, the first couple, within the first two months of the season, we're probably going to know where is Texas Tech at as far as the Big Four in the conference because they're they're part of the Big Four now. Yep. Yep. Looking forward to how they do. Don't love the seven and a half over, but yeah, probably... I don't love the over either way. If you have the uh, shooting squad had me up against the wall and I had to make a choice, I'll lean the over. <laughs> so I think CT was right though. I think that seven that he got was key. Yep. Yeah, because that hook is going to be rare, really, really. Yeah, that hook might uh, ruin, might ruin you. Yep. All right, let's talk about another seven and a half win team. That's a. Uh... CT's Baylor Bears seven and a half wins right now. Juice to the under dollar eighty eight. The over a dollar fifty two at FanDuel. Um, Dave Aranda, phenomenal head coach. Before the Trojans hired Lincoln Riley, Irv knows this. I wanted Dave Aranda. That was my guy. But I, I'll take Lincoln Riley all day over Dave Aranda. No offense. I agree. Well, a year before that, we almost had him as our defensive coordinator, but Baylor offered him a head coaching job, so yep. it all worked out. He's a he's a great. I think he's a great head coach. He's a leader of men, as I like to say. CT, what do you think about your Baylor Bears here? Tell us why they're going to win this conference. I'm not going to tell you why uh, they're going to win this conference because I don't have that high of expectations uh, for this team this year. It seemed. Last year, something was was off with this team, and you know, still talking to a lot of my friends that uh, went to school with down there, that they, they agree with me. We really can't figure it out what what kind of happened there. But Randa, he's he's a great defensive minded coach, like we were just talking about, and it, it just wasn't there last year. Um, that's going to need to the defense is going to need to be a lot better uh, this year, and. If they if they're gonna want to compete for the Big Twelve title here, they they get back uh, Blake Shapen uh, taking the snaps. He had a sophomore slump uh, type season last year um, after a stellar end of, of his freshman year, right? Leading uh, Baylor to the Big te- uh, Twelve title after Gary Bohannon gets hurt versus Kansas State towards the end of the season. Um, I, I but I thought it was really really uh, odd that they named Shapen this um, the starter after spring ball. Um, cause they got Mich- um, not Michigan state, Mississippi, uh, state transfer Sawyer Robertson. Um, yeah. he, he transferred the Baylor and he, from what I, from what I hear, he looks pretty good in spring ball. Yeah. Everybody thought he should have been named the starter, honestly. So I, I, I was really, really shocked that Aranda didn't wait there. I, I don't know if he was getting nervous that, you know, maybe, um, Blake transfers. We've had a lot of turnover um, w- with quarterbacks the the last few years uh, of tra- transferring uh, transferring out after a few years. So I don't know what what Miranda was doing there. I would have liked to see them um, battle it out a little bit more. But um, they're a very young team, guys, and, and they only return three starters on offense, f- five and on D. But it's it's kind of deceiving, right? 
the speedster uh, Maneri Baldwin, um, wide receiver, and and the running back Richard Reese. He was a freshman last year. They, they're they're not considered starters from last year. I guess it's uh, you know it matters who you talk to, and everybody's got their different uh, type of way that they um, say if somebody was a starter or not, but. They, they, those two guys played a ton and Reese was all American as a freshman, probably, probably the best back in the, in the big 12. So they do have that going for them. They lost a a lot on the offensive uh, line. Um, And they did rebuild with some transfers, but it's not sure how that's going to work out. They got a key transfer um, catch on Jackson, the wide out transfer um, from Arkansas. So between him and Baldwin, they should be, Decent targets for shaping. Can he stay healthy? He got a concussion last year. Uh, it's going to come down to how good the Porter players uh, are and if they could they can mix in here, guys. But right, I know we're looking at at Fanduel and it has seven and a half. Right, there are, there's some sevens out there, Jordan. Right, and so you go down the schedule. I, I have them winning seven games. I have them beating Texas State. Have them beating Long Island. Have them beating UCF. I have them beating Cincinnati, Iowa State, Houston, and West Va. That's seven right there. And now you get Texas Tech at home. That'll be a dogfight, especially with the Joey McGuire factor there. Yeah. Uh, and then you have to go to at, at K-State, at TCU. So Two very, very tough games. So, CT, you're chalking, think- you're chalking Utah up as an L at home? I am. Yeah, uh, just for the, the sake of kind of go, going through. I think Utah Utah is going to be very good again this year, and I'm I'm chucking that. I think that will be gravy if, if, if Baylor wins that game. But looking at this, like, to make a bet, I think they have seven wins with three toss-up games. Interesting. Because I, I think that game being at Baylor, I think, benefits the Bears. Early, it's early in the season. I, that Utah team does return a decent amount, um, but they also lose their best offensive player in the history of that program, in Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and we don't know the health of uh, we don't know the health of Cam Rising either. Like his well, name might Utah be shredded. Fans tell it, uh, or Kuku, how you pronounce his last name? He was supposedly better than Dalton Kincaid until before he got hurt. So. We'll see how that works out for him, but yeah, I bet I would automatically chalk that Utah game up as a W for um uh for Utah against Baylor because we got to remember Utah week one they are at, they are at home but they have to play a physical team in Florida and when you have to play a physical team then you got to go on the road that next week it does zap you a little bit. And seeing how Florida is going to be able to, to, to run the ball down their throat because we don't know what they're going to have at the QB position. So that could be something to watch out for. They could be on upset alert against Baylor. Now, with Baylor, you expect the defense to get a lot better than it was last year because that's Dave Aranda's calling card. But with this team, if Blake Shapin could go back to what he was as a freshman, like his mid first, like the towards the end, where he was looking like one of the better quarterbacks in the Big 12 and the upper-tier quarterback nationwide. If he can get back to that, then the sky's the limit for Baylor because, honestly, he's got to get better on third downs, man. He's good on first and second. He can make you a clutch play. But some of those third-down plays where you were like, well, all you had to do is look to your left. You had to do wide open. Well, Irv, <laughs> we, 
we talked about this several times last year too. Jeff Grimes doesn't do him any benefit. Yeah, no favors on the play I calling. I don't see how is he still the OC. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I don't see how he still has a job. That yeah, he for a coach to put a player out the way he did. C- CT, we talked about this so many times last year on our shows. Like Jeff Grimes, his play calling is like it's, it's so bad. Like every first down, run uh, run up the A gap. Up the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Every first down. Dude, so it's like the same thing. Every and then, oh, third downs, he's like, he's the Derek Carr of quarterback, like all OCs. He, it'll be third and seven. He runs a, a curl of out in a, in a flat round. And like, bro, where is Shaping going to throw the ball if he's already under under duress? Oh, <laughs> I'm man. like, bro, help him out. Do something. A screen. Something. Oh man! Just a, well, it was guys, a mind-boggling uh, team last year. While you guys yeah. have been breaking this down, I've been doing some shopping for us, and there are some juice six and a halves out there still too. Are there really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I would, yeah, I would kill uh, actually, one of the other major books, uh, uh, minus one fifty, you can get six and a half right now. Because where's that? Caesars. Wow. So I, I think minus there's one fifty. I think there's two things what? with this team, fellas. Real quick. Yeah. First of all, because both CT and Irv kind of hit on it, Blake Shaping, I think he's going to be on a short leash. Because last year in the in the West Virginia game, CT, I know you watched that game, Kyron Drones, oh, yeah. he was so nice when Blake Shaping got hurt. Kyron Drones looked better than Blake Shaping. And the second yeah. Bl- Blake gets back healthy, he takes over the job. I think That's Blake's going to be... That's part of the reason why he transferred, too. Yeah. He's at, Virginia, he's at Virginia Tech now, I think. And now... He might be the starter for them. So my my thinking here is like that Utah game, they lose that game and Blake Shapen doesn't look good. We're probably seeing a, a Sawyer Robinson start that third game at at Long Island because that's a perfect game to get his feet wet. Yeah, home versus Long Island. Yeah, then home. Then next week you got a big thing versus Texas. But man, Baylor. I've seen it. Baylor has Texas number these last couple of years, and until I see. It changed. I'm not just going to chalk that game up as a win for Texas either. Well, CT is going to well, send over a couple home. cases of Viva Tequila Seltzer over to <laughs> over to uh, uh, Sark on that game. <laughs> Jordan, one one thing else, you guys have crushed it on the Baylor breakdown, but you kind of hit on it with the play call. And they finished ninth last year in red zone offense. Uh, they have got to figure out a way to, to to put the ball in the end zone in the, in the red zone and CT. You maybe can elaborate more on that and, and what happened last year in the red zone, but ninth last year in the Big Twelve in the red zone, man, that's not you're not going to win many games in the Big Twelve doing that. They kept trying to run it up the middle. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. They do get. Um, this is something that I, I left out. So obviously, I'm I'm really high on Richard Reese. I'm really excited to see him in his uh, second year here. Uh, I think he's going to be a four-year player at, at Baylor and graduate uh, a Bear. He's talked about how much he loves being uh, at Baylor. But um, they get Dominic Richardson from the Pokes, guys, who yep. he was their top running back uh, last year. And he's going to add a lot of depth and kind of a little different dynamic uh, of a runner co- compared to Reese. So, again, I, I agree with you guys on Grimes' play calls. But that could maybe throw a little wrench into things here. Uh, you know, having both Reese and Richardson, they get back three of their uh, top four wideouts as well. So Grimes is going to have to shake things up, though. Uh, totally agree. And Aranda is going to need to be better on on defense. But 
you guys are making me feel a little bit better. I said seven wins, and you guys are talking, you know, beat Utah. Uh, you're saying maybe beat Texas. So AK said it, and no one else said it, and including myself, so shame on me. Yes, they get eight home games uh, this year, which is wild and outrageous, but that's not going to do anything but help this team. Yep. And you got Dave Aranda, which is good. Yeah, you don't know the health of um, Utah's quarterback. What's his name? Cam Rising. Yeah, Cam Cam Rising. Yeah, you know, a lot of people like to think he's a very, very good quarterback. I think he's personally think he's mid. He just plays under a really good play caller that highlights his strengths and doesn't play towards his weaknesses, which is him playing with the lead. Um, Irv hates Utah. Huh? I said Irv hates Utah. If you can't tell. I don't hate Utah. (laughs) I just like to keep it real with some of these teams. So Uh, he tore his ACL in the Rose Bowl. That was in January. You telling me he's going to be anywhere near? Not only did he tear his ACL, that's – he tore it after he already had a knee injury previously in the year. So he's yes, coming he's off two knee injuries back to back. So honestly, I would not want to like rush him back into playing because he only would be what it's that uh, kickoff is the September. He tore it in January. ACL was a six to nine month injury. We're looking right at the eight, nine month mark of him post surgery. So We'll see how he heals and how how Willie is he ready, but I wouldn't just chalk that Utah game up as a loss because if he not playing, then things would definitely definitely uh, slant towards uh, Baylor in that game. And they lost a lot too, Utah. That is. All right, let's another thing you got to realize too about Dave Miranda, he's very familiar with Utah because he was the DC and he got his kick. He got his head. He got his. He cut his teeth. At BYU, being a defensive analyst, and he knows that program and Kyle Winningham very well. So it's true that could be another advantage for uh, Baylor heading into that game. It's true. Irv's going to give you every reason why Utah is going to lose that game. No, I'm not saying it's a toss up. I'm not saying Utah's going to win; they're going to lose. But okay, so if you had to set the line right now, what would you have that line at? Uh, Utah would probably be what a minus three. Mario four favorite. They're not going to be more than they're a touchdown favorite. You oh, hammer man. Baylor all day. You bet the house on Baylor. I was going to say Baylor minus one, one and a half. Yeah. So, but they might give Utah. If Utah beat Florida, they're probably they're probably going to be the favorite headed into that game. Especially if Cam Rising plays and looks somewhat decent. But honestly, if Baylor's the dog in that game at home, you gotta you, you should love home dogs in college. They usually cover, if not win outright. All right, let's move on to TCU. They are uh, also at seven and a half, juice to the over, a dollar forty-four. Obviously, coming off that a uh, horrible national championship showing where they got absolutely destroyed. Uh, but Sonny Dykes did its did his thing, man. No one expected that team to be there. They upset Michigan in the semifinal. What do you guys think about uh, CT? What do you think about TCU here? Well, Chandler Morris, uh, he's going to be the guy taking the staps, right, to to start this year, just, just like he did, just like he did last year uh, before he got hurt in the opener, and uh, that led to Max Duggan and taking over this uh, this Frogs team and and not looking back, and you know took him to the national uh, title game. Yeah, they they did get embarrassed, but 
um man it, w- it was pretty impressive uh what they did national runner-ups they got to replace a ton right they're, they're top two rushers uh they're top two top two or three wide outs uh a lot of key linemen but i'm gonna tell you one thing i don't know if you guys know this but you guys know who's who's their new offensive coordinator yeah who's that kendall browse Kendall Bryles. Big what fan of that absolute, kid and his dad. So same. What, what an absolute massive, massive pickup for the Frogs. He's he's taking over the plays. Uh, uh play calling on offense. Like Sonny Dykes, I'm 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 really tied to a lot of people that are in the know in Texas football down there. Like as much as Sonny Dykes did a great job last year, he's not really the guy that's the brains behind the operation. He's a, a big rah-rah guy. He could get these kids up, get them playing, but Sonny Dykes can't tie his shoes, okay? <laughs> Kendall Bryles is going to be absolutely massive for him. Once they get the pieces for Kendall, like he's going to have those explosive plays, just like he did at Baylor, Ole Miss, Arkansas. Um, so that that is going to be massive for them when, when eventually they they get up and running here. Dykes he, he grabbed a couple of uh, transfers from Bama. Maybe they could they could help uh, running back and and wide out. That I think they only get three back on offense. They they get yep. a ton back on defense. Um, they should be big and pretty solid at the linebacker uh, position. But if Dykes and uh, I forget the defensive coordinators. Um, of name, but they, if they could find the way for their, their pretty young secondary, not to get too exposed, you, you can't count the, this TCU team out. Uh, I'm not saying I like over seven and a half wins, um, but man, ever since the Gary Patterson days, and now look what Sonny Dykes did. This TCU team is always a thorn in the side for everybody in this conference. Agreed. Agreed. Gillespie's the defensive coordinator, by the way. That's right, Gillespie. Thank you. Yeah, AK. I think CT knocked it out of the park there, man. TCU's defense is actually going to be tough this year again, too. Josh Newton, probably one of the best DBs in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They added the number one in Juco corner, too. Transfer class was amazing. Um, Chris Marshall, he was a five-star receiver from uh, Texas A&M, but somehow, someway, he didn't make it on the team. So I don't know if he transferred again or got dismissed, but – yeah, they got a uh, – what's that? I think the other guy that was 6'5", I can't think of his name, Williams. Uh, Receiver? For him to probably step up and be the number one guy this year to replace Quinn Johnston. Savion? Another big thing, they got a five-star uh, tackle transfer from Bama, Tommy Brockermeyer. I think he was the number one yep. or number two tackle in his class. So I think he could step up and be an instant impact guy for him. But only thing um, that might hold this team back is what they lost. They lost um, – they lost two uh, All-Americans on their own line. Yeah. yeah, the All-Americans on the own line that they lost. Morris did beat out a Heisman runner-up, so that lets you know his talent level. Um, Max Duggan will be missed, but I think Morris, they'll be uh, they'll be just fine with him. Um, and Kendall Browns, man, it don't get too much better than him as far as offensive minds and college football. So I think he'll pay – Immediate dividends, you won't see it right away because he doesn't have his players that he really needs, like CT said. Um, but I think they're going to be more than uh, good enough on the on, on the offensive side of the ball. It'll come down to that defense because that front seven 
did take a lot of losses, and one of their better players was a true freshman, but they got to surround him with some talent so he just doesn't get phased out of the game. Um, I think they can uh, make some um, inroads with that. They did add some pretty good transfers. So, But the schedule does get brutal after the first – I'll say at Iowa State is probably going to be their first test because SMU might put up some points, but I think they'll do more than enough to withstand SMU and beat them. They should um, knock Colorado's dick in the dirt um, and walk them, uh, and walk them, uh, walk them prime time to the Power Five. After that is Nickel State at Houston. Houston probably gets destroyed at home. SMU that could be a low key shootout. Destroy West Virginia, and then that's when their schedule picks up. They got to close with Texas, Baylor, Oklahoma, which is brutal. Yeah, that's a murderer's role. No, they got to close with Kansas State, Texas Tech, Texas, Baylor, and Oklahoma. Yes. And three out of those five are on the road, back-to-back on the road against K-State and Texas Tech. Well, let's move over to te- let's move over to Kansas State. Seven and a half wins, juice to the over, $1.80, under seven and a half, $1.40, plus $1.46. CT, what do you think about K-State here? Uh, one more Quick thing, Jordan. I'll give out give out a play here. Uh, I bet TCU minus eighteen and a half and minus nineteen and a half week one versus Colorado. It's twenty and a half right now. I still like it. Um, I, I think that line keeps going up, yep. and I think they absolutely smash them uh, week one. So, a uh, little play there before we get into K State. So I wanted to just get that in real quick. Good, good, good play there. Love it. All right, K State uh, seven and a half. What do we think here, fellas? Uh, Jordan, I'm with you. I completely agree with you. I think Chris Kleiman is the best coach in the Big Twelve, um, and I think we really saw that last year. Um, right, he he gets to stick with Will Howard uh, this year as the trigger man, um, and he made the correct decision last year to stick with Will Howard, and that that paid off. Um, yep. He's he's now back for. Uh, Howard, this is going to be his fourth year uh, with K-State, and he's the leader of this team. They, they absolutely love him. Uh, Deuce Vaughn is gone, as we know, but the sophomore Giddens, um, and they get a Florida State transfer award. Um, they're going to be good plugins here. Uh, I, I don't think that is going to be like Deuce is a big loss, but I think they're going to be able to plug and play there um, nice and easy bet- between the two of them. Um they returned seven on offense, uh, but one uh, only one starting wide receiver, and and that's the the senior Philip Brooks, who I'm really high on. I love that kid. He made some great catches um, last year, especially late in, in the season. There, yep. um, they get back five on, on D, uh, and that's the question mark for right now. They lost a lot of talent to the, the draft as well, but they're going to be a ten, uh, a contender just by having climbing. And uh, Howard, expect for uh, K-State to be right there until the end of the season. 100% agree. I think they did enough in the transfer portal to kind of offset the losses that they did have. And I think getting back Will Howard is the biggest beneficiary. And then obviously having Chris Kleiman. I also think their schedule is kind of nice. They do have to go to Texas, to Kansas, and uh, to Texas Tech. But they get TCU at home, Baylor at home, Iowa State at home. Their non-con isn't that tough. They'll probably beat Missouri at Missouri. They're a better team than Missouri. Um, so I, I like them over 7.5. I'm not saying I would bet it at $1.80, but maybe taking a shot at them to win the conference, you know, I don't think that's a bad idea. What's it at right now? 
you can get it plus five fifty at Caesars. Looks like the best price. I don't think that's yep. too bad because um, I do think there's a shot for them to win this conference again. Yeah, outside of Jaden Daniels, who's a better quarterback than Will Howard in the Big Twelve? Quinn Ewers. Nope. Uh, he has more talent, but I mean, I, I'm pretty high on Gabriel, but. We'll, yeah, wait. I like him too. Yeah. Wait, uh, oh, you until we come off on that. So it's a toss up. No, Dylan Gabriel's nice. He was a freshman All American. He looked good at UCF, but I think he's I think he's finally gonna be healthy from that injury. I think that injury was a lot worse than people um portrayed it was to be when he hurt his shoulder before he uh, when he uh, was at UCF. So I think he'll him hundred percent healthy. I can see him, Howard, and Daniels being the best QBs in the conference. So, like I said, the only thing that might hold K-State back is the defense because I'm not really too concerned about the offense. They went out and got some good athletes, and they had pretty much their best recruiting class ever. They signed three, four stars. Um, The last time they did that was, like, in the mid-'90s. So, (laughs) um, I think K-State is going to be all right, especially when you got an established QB coming back that always goes – uh, um, always that's always big when building on from your prior success from the uh, from the previous year. So I really like that too for them. But all their tough games are on the road, so I don't see them winning them all. But they probably can. I think they could beat Texas. They can beat Texas Tech at home. You know, Texas always do to lose two games or maybe three that they're not supposed to. So I wouldn't automatically write Texas. Um, as a W, even though Kansas State will be on the road. So I like I, – I lean the over. I kind of like the over, honestly. AK? I think the biggest thing that uh, Kansas State is going to have one of the best offensive linemen in the league, too. That's uh, true. Uh, Good Cooper point. Cooper preseason oh, yeah, All-American. Yeah. That's a uh, that's I, uh, NFL – yeah, that's an NFL draft pick right there. Probably one of the best, if not the best, interior offensive linemen in the country. So um, uh, when you're looking at a foundation, I know they got to replace Deuce. Uh-oh. AK froze. Oh, we'll get back to him. Uh, I do agree with him. He's doing the dirty work on the for the uh, for the uh, lineman for sure. I didn't even mention that, but that's a Scored good point. This year too. There, there we go. We got you back, AK. You froze there for a minute. Yep. <laughs> He's still frozen. AK, can you hear us? All right, let's let let's move on. We'll move on to Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm here, guys. I can hear you guys. Okay. We we caught you were talking about the uh, the guard I forget his name and then and then you kind of froze Cooper there. BB. Yeah, and then you froze there for a minute. Sorry guys, we're getting a terrible storm here. I uh, oh. I was just saying they return uh, Cooper BB, uh, one of the best offensive line in the country. I uh, yeah, when you're looking to replace Deuce Vaughn and that running attack, man, it's easy to do with that offensive line in front of you. So I think Kleiman's going to find some more consistency, just like he did in North Dakota State, and uh, think they're going to be right back in the thick of things again. Nice, love it. So we're kind of all leaning over for K State, I assume. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, our big dogs yeah. here. We'll start with Oklahoma at nine and a half wins, uh, basically dollar ten each way. CT, what do you think about Oklahoma this year? I know you're high on Gabriel. We are. I know we said at the end of the show we're giving out bets, but we kind of been doing them as we go. Yep. Um, so this is one I uh, I played the biggest in uh, in the Big Twelve. 
And uh, I played over nine wins here for Oklahoma at WinBet, and it's minus one thirty, and it's still available right now. Um, and I I really like it a lot here. Um, we know Venables' uh, debut in in Boomerland didn't go as planned, right? He went six and seven. Uh, seven games was the most uh, lost games at OU in twenty five years, right? The the sky is pretty much falling in, in OU. He he only had three conference win wins, and he got blasted by Texas forty nine naught. I mean, when's the last time that has happened in the Red River Shootout? It's uh, I I think that's the only time that's ever happened. Uh, yeah, only only shutout ever in the Red Red, Red River rivalry. There you go. Um, but four of those games, uh, four of those losses were close games, and they lost by a field goal. Right? And so I don't think Venables is, is as far as off as everyone kind of thinks here. He gets back both off, uh, coordinators, um, uh, offense coordinator, defense coordinator, the trigger man, Gabriel. Um, and he also didn't waste any time. They, they hit the transfer portal hard. They, they got a bunch of strong transfers that should help uh, them look like the, the OU that we're used to seeing. I'm a big Jeff Levy guy. Um, he's our uh, Art Brile's son-in-law. A uh, little tidbit for you guys there. Um, I, and I think he's going to have the offense kind of explosive and, and rolling like we're we're used to seeing from Jeff Levy and, and Oklahoma um, kind of throw out last year, uh, throw that out the window. And Gabriel, he, I think he's one of the best in, in the Big 12. Uh, you know, the offensive line is going to be solid to protect them. Um, they get back five offensive starters and, and with the transfers with Levy to work with, I, I think they could be dangerous. They, they get a transfer uh, from Michigan, Andre Anthony. Um, I really look for him to kind of break out here as a nice target for, um, for, for Gabriel guys and, and Venables, he's a defensive minded coach. They, they should be a lot better on the defensive side of the ball this year. It's almost impossible for, for the D to get, to get worse, uh, to be worse than they were last year. They get back seven, um, starters. That's not going to hurt. The schedule, guys, is very favorable with the expansion. Um, they only face one top team away from home, and that's Texas, uh, and that's in a neutral site, as we all know. Um, they're going to be favored in 11 of 12 games, and they avoid K-State. They avoid Baylor um, and Texas Tech. Okay, uh, that, That's that's huge, missing, yes. missing those three with the expansion here. I played over, and I, I would play over nine and a half uh, – as well, I think this is a ten-win team, and uh, I think OU is going to to make some noise in their last year in the Big Twelve. I agree. I I agree. In true uh, Dabo style, they got a soft non-conference, so that starts it. And you're right, dude. They, you know, Texas has to go through murderers row of the top teams in Big Twelve, and they get in Oklahoma does not. They miss out on a lot of those guys. Uh, I do question Venables as a head coach, though, and I question it to begin with. Like, I think he's a defensive coordinator. I think he's now just a glorified defensive coordinator. So I do question him as a head coach, but not this year. I This defense is going to be a lot better. The offense is going to be better, and their schedule is easier. So I'm with you on the over nine and nine and a half for sure. It pains me to say. <laughs> what do you think, AK? You know, I think you guys hit the nail on the head. Doesn't it just feel like the Oklahoma or Texas just rides off into the sunset? Well, Texas should, but 
you know, we're going to get to them in a second. We all know what's going to happen there. It's inevitable. <laughs> Irv, what's your thoughts on Oklahoma? Because I know you don't like them. I have nothing against Oklahoma. I don't know why you keep saying that. But <laughs> I don't mind. Um, if you apply logic, they're going to, like, like CT said, they're going to be favored in probably 10, 11. It might be 11 out of 12 of those games because they get TCU at home. So even though – no, was not was that TCU? Yeah, that was TCU yeah. that beat the brakes off from last year, right? No, or was that they, Kansas? No, that was Kansas. Who beat them fifty five to? That was Texas, 20. bro. Texas beat them forty <laughs> nothing. Yeah, no, TCU. No, he, he's right. TCU beat them fifty five twenty four last year. Too. Yeah, yeah, TCU killed them at home. So that could be a revenge game, even though it's the last game of the year. But they Oklahoma might be favored in that game, seeing out what TCU lost and. Oklahoma's at home, so really the only game they might be a underdog is Texas. So it could be a like like CG said, 10, 10, 11 win team. You could definitely see that happening. Um Kansas State might be tough on the road. That could be a shootout. But they play out of all the newcomers, they get Cincinnati, they get BYU, they get UCF, which could be um could be a tricky game for them because that's right in between Texas and Kansas. So but they should win that game. Um, Oklahoma State, we don't know where they're going to be at the QB position. If Bowman's hurt, I can see that being a tougher game because they're on the road. They got to go to uh, Stillwater. So, um, as long as Oklahoma doesn't have to trot out General Booty, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, I think they'll be okay. But they got a true freshman who's uh, supposed to be pretty good, Jackson Arnold. But he won't pass up Dylan Gabriel. But he looked pretty good during the spring game too. So uh, General Booty. Um, He's like their fourth stringer now. Yeah, that booty's going to be parked on the bench, so you ain't got to worry about that. Um, hey, know. Herb, I'll tell you, though, in that TCU game last year, Dylan Gabriel did get hurt in that game. Yep. Yeah, he did. And then yep. it was all downhill from there. So. I'm pretty sure I healthy. bet Oklahoma in that game, too. I'm pretty sure I bet against TCU, like, every week last year. No, you didn't bet against them. Um, TCU was one of our best bets to cover that game. Oh, maybe that game. But I remember I bet against TCU, like, every week for, like, a good six weeks. Like oh you know they, CT, they can't uh, continue CT winning against them in the cha- national championship. Good good <laughs> <That> call. Was... <laughs> yeah, we thought me and Jordan thought they was gonna cover. That lasted a quarter. <laughs> CT's uh, text I think to us in our group text was whatever you can put up, put the other way. Just just Dang. doesn't matter the number. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, that was a good call, man. I uh... they hit the over by themselves. Yeah, that was nasty. <laughs> I even took like the live under seventy two and it didn't even hit. <sighs> yeah, CT was drinking Vivas about the second quarter of that game. Yeah. A whole lot of them. Be nice <laughs> if they were all like that, but unfortunately, yeah. they're, they're not. Yeah, that one reminded me of well, when Alabama played Notre Dame, but just a little worse. Yeah. Hey, but on the flip side, you know, having TCU in that game, like it was over very quickly, so it was like. At least I didn't have to sweat it out. It was like, all right, I can move on with my night, dude. Yeah, I just need to, like, drown myself in a bottle of Knob Creek or something. Jim Beam at that point. <laughs> move on to 2020. Move on to 2023. Close that book. Yeah. You, it was crazy because we had such a good bowl season, too, and then we closed off with that. And it was, whew. All right, let's move on to those Texas Longhorns. Yes. The Fighting Sarkeesians. Cutty Sark. Oh man, I gotta love that guy. All right, so they're also at nine and a half. Juice to the over though, a dollar thirty-four, under a dollar ten, which is shocking because they, 
like we've been talking about, they got to play murderers row of the Big 12. CT, what do you think about Texas? Yeah, I mean, they're going to be loaded on offense, right? That that That's a given. They, they return nine starters. They got to replace B. John Robinson, but I, I think Sark's going to be able to, to do just that. He, he gets a couple of underclassmen here that will – they're supposed to be pretty good. The two frosh, uh, CJ Baxter, he's the nation's number one running back uh, in the 2023 recruiting class. So um, I'm sure that that will help uh, here. Not sure how effective he can be right away. Um, if Ewers plays like he's he's capable of, of playing, this this Texas team could be scary good, right? There's tons of talent at wideout and and tight end. The de- defense gets back six. There's, they have a great solid defensive line that they have the, the pieces to be great. And, and I hear yours is, is much improved from last year. You know, I see these videos on, on Twitter and YouTube of them absolutely airing the ball out. Yeah. It, it all looks great. I mean, the schedule is tough. We've talked about it all show. Like they, they have to travel to Bama, TCU and Baylor, and then they have to play OU in, in, in Dallas. So, schedule's really tough and guess what like sark uh doesn't really have the best track record here when (laughs) when 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 loaded so i i don't necessarily think that texas is is back this is going to be the best team that he's had let's see if he could finally put it together here um i if it would be anything uh it would be under for me uh and i wouldn't be betting anything close to be getting to the window on them to win uh, the big 12, especially at, at plus plus one fifteen. I bet Oklahoma plus three sixty um, to win the big 12. I, and I think that's a really good number because I, I expect OU to be in, in the finals. So, um, you know, having plus three sixty in out. pocket, no matter who they're playing in the finals, that's going to be a, a better number than no, no matter who they're, they're playing in, in the finals there. Great, great points there. Um, Irv? Yeah, it's all set up for him to win it, to win. So, I don't know, man. Sark doesn't do well as a favorite. Um, the only bright spot of their season last year was they should have beat Bama. I don't know if they can do that this year on the road. Bama will probably be weak at the QB position, but we don't know until they suit up because they are losing the best QB they ever had in Bryce Young. But... I just can't get behind them. The over-under is 10, right? Nine and a half. Nine, nine and a half. I just can't get behind them winning nine and a half games. I gotta, I'm got. i going to have to see it to believe it because Sark is called eight-win Sark for a reason. Um, <laughs> and so until proven otherwise, I wouldn't have to lean the under. And a lot of their – all their mostly all their tough games is on the road. And I understand they killed Oklahoma last year in the, uh, in the Red River rivalry, but – Oklahoma didn't have um, Dylan Gabriel, so they're gonna be out for that. you know Oklahoma's gonna be out for blood in that game too. Yeah, so they they definitely will be losing that game forty nine to zero this year. So and outside of that, they got to play all the big dogs. They got to play Baylor. They got to play Kansas. <clears throat> got to play Kansas State. They got to play TCU. They got to play Texas Tech. So you can. Maybe if they stay completely healthy and and play the way they're supposed to, because hands down they're the most talented team in this conference. It's not close. Um, they have an NFL talent at QB. They got NFL talent all over the field, all over. Two two bookend yeah. tackles who probably both their tackles probably going to be first round picks. 
They started as true freshmen. Both of them was uh freshman All American. Banks looks like a top five, top ten pick. Yep. Um. So it all depends on what uh, Cuddy Sark can do because Bo Davis, the defensive side of the ball, should be. You know, they had some letdowns last year. They should be more consistent this year. Just for some reason, Texas always lose a couple games. You know, they're supposed to win. So don't be surprised if they go eight and four, nine and three. So, or before you got on, I was I was telling the, the boys here, my, like if Texas loses to Alabama, right? Those Texas fans are me calling for Arch Manning, dude. Yep, he's not. He he's not gonna play this year. The only way he plays I know this year, he might not. But I'm saying like the outside noise. Yeah, I get it, but he's not even the he's not even the second stringer right now. He's third string. Yeah, but you you and know how these Texas his, fans are, bro. No, but his his I think the Manning calling card is going to override Texas trying to shrug, rush him onto the field. They wanted Arch to go somewhere where he could grow and redshirt and learn the learn the system, and then be ready to compete for actual playing time in his sophomore year. They didn't want him rushed out onto the field as a true freshman because they probably believe in you know him being actually developed a little more before he's being thrown to the wolves. So the only way I see Arch playing significant snaps this year, if Texas either has injuries or Quinn and Malik Murphy just go out there and completely just throw games. We talk about multiple pick sixes and that type of stuff. But I think it's safe that you might see Arch play, but he's not going to play to the point where he doesn't have a red shirt year. That is my understanding. Hell, he could end up playing, but I just don't see him being rushed onto the field where they have said all along they wanted him to go somewhere where he could develop and be ready to play. Yeah. Um I, after his freshman year. I agree. Hey, Jordan, let me throw something at you. Yeah. And let me throw some at CT too. <clears throat> they come off playing Alabama. They yep. play Wyoming at home. They go to Baylor, who we all think is going to be a tough game. Then coming back home against Kansas, knowing they got Oklahoma back at home again next year. We're talking about Kansas, and they're playing spoiler alert. Don't get caught looking past Kansas this year. Yeah, that, I mean, that's obviously a that's a prime dog spot right there where we're obviously yep. going to take the points there. But you could all, yep. you could definitely be sniffing an upset. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Knowing, knowing that uh, – we kind of all agree that they're going to have that Oklahoma game circled, right? Oh, yeah. Or Oklahoma's going to have that game circled too, but I don't know. It just feels yeah. like a – it feels like such a Texas move. Oh, yeah. You know? That's and, a nice sandwich spot right there, AK. That's a nice uh, nice look. <clears throat> yeah, I totally agree. And and CT's going to send uh, Sark a pallet of Viva. <laughs> so, you know, if they win that Baylor game, he'll be celebrating. If he's losing, he'll be drowning himself. Yeah, yeah, he may be sending Jalen Daniels a uh, pack of Viva. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I think we all are kind of in the green. It's like it's just impossible to take Texas over nine and a half wins, given the head coach's history. And as a USC guy, like I've just seen it too many times. Like I just can't put my money on Sark at all. I refuse. Now, I'll put my money on Sark as offensive coordinator. He has one, two, three. It's like five national titles. Yeah, I think it's four. Four national titles as offensive coordinator, so. Yeah, well, it's easier to do than run an entire program. 
Definitely, I agree with that. So that's why until he's proven otherwise, other than eight wins start, then we're going to figure that's what we'll see. We thought this team was going to be better last year, too. We thought they were going to win the Big 12 and then, you know, consensus Big 12 favors. All right. So we kind of gave out some bets throughout the show, but let's recap real quick. Let's go around the horn. CT, you're the guest. Your best bets for Big 12. Yeah, my best bets for the Big 12 is uh, Oklahoma over nine wins. Um, like I said, guys, I, I think at minimum this this is a 10-win team. So uh, I'm not afraid to, to bet over nine and a half uh, as well, getting that plus money. Uh, I also bet Oklahoma plus 360 uh, to win the Big 12. Uh, also gave out uh, – I have a ticket on Texas Tech uh, – you know, I'm not as high as, as I was on it uh, a couple months ago, but I do have a ticket on that. And uh, I do like Baylor over seven. If you could find Baylor over seven, I like that as well. And uh, gave out one game, uh, TCU minus 20 and a half over Colorado. Love you. AK? So I hadn't fired any bets before this show. And uh, I think as soon as we're done here, I'm – I'm hopping on the Kansas train. I, I found some five and a halfs out there. Uh, yes, I think I'm going to fire Kansas over five and a half. Should be able to find that. I'm finding it somewhere around like, like minus 140-ish. Yep. Um, don't have a problem with over six at around even money as well, but uh, over five and a half, minus 140, AK best bet for the show. Nice. Irv? Um, I like the over for um, Baylor's at seven or seven and a half. You can find seven, seven there as well. or sevens. Okay, I like Baylor over. I like Oklahoma over. That schedule is cake. I think they definitely go over. And I love the under for uh, West Virginia. That team is going to be downright terrible. Yep. Nice. Agreed. We all agree on that. Uh, I am with you, AK. I like that over five and a half for Kansas. I did not come into this show. I did not come into the show thinking that. But after talking it through with you guys, I really do like that. And I also will probably uh, try to find an Oklahoma over a nine. I think that is a very solid bet as well. And I'm very tempted to take Texas under nine and a half, dude. Like, I think I need to do it just for the agenda. Like, I have to. (laughs) I know. I'm with you on that. (laughs) I agree. I I just don't see any possibility where they... It, we just know what we already know what's going to happen with Texas. Unless Quinn Ewers plays like a Heisman finalist, I don't see them going over. And and out of all these road games, they got to win at least three out of the five to go over. So that means they have to beat Alabama. They got to beat Baylor. They got to beat Kansas. I mean, Texas. I mean, TCU. And, oh, well, they got to Texas Tech at home. But they got TCU on the road, Baylor on the road, Alabama on the road. And the Red River Shootout is a, a neutral site. They're losing and, and the Red River Shootout. I already know it. Don't be surprised if Kansas beats them because you got to think they're going to be coming off at Baylor. They got to play Kansas at home in the Red River rivalry next week. That's a yep. definite. That's a definite trap game right there. And they lose those two games. Unders and you're cashing. Yeah, and Jordan. Their last four games, they play at home versus Kansas State, go back-to-back on the road against TCU and Iowa State, then come home with Texas Tech, and you know you're going to get Texas Tech's best shot. Oh. Yep. Yeah, yep. They're, getting, they're getting their best They're going to get everybody's best shot, especially with 
Um, plus one fifteen to win the Big Twelve. That's a slap in the face to the rest of this conference. Honestly, Texas ain't won this conference since two thousand nine. Yeah, nah, you can't play that at all. All right, thank you everybody for joining us. We really appreciate you, CT. Thanks for staying on late with us. I know you're on the East Coast and with AK, but he's used to this now, so. I don't feel bad for him. No, I'm just joking. Uh, but <laughs> man, make sure to follow CT on Twitter at CTBet16. Catch him on the Hustle Show podcast on Wager Talk every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. CT, once again, thank you. We really appreciate you. For AK, for Irv, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Last. We'll catch y'all later. Have a very, very blessed, uh, what is it today? Wednesday. The, the 4th of July threw me off, man. Have a blessed Thursday, everybody. Man, they still popping fireworks where I'm at. Of course. <laughs> You're in L.A. Yeah, I know. Y'all, Thanks, y'all be blessed, man. Have a good night, guys. All right, have a good night, fellas. Talk to y'all soon.